0: Thank you, Jonathan. Thank you, Abigail and Andrew, the band, for leading us so well. Thank you, Pastor Chris and the kiddos. Thank you, Pat, Lori, and the choir. Uh, That was absolutely beautiful. Uh, Hello, everyone at home. Welcome again uh, to Bethany. Uh, I wanna begin our time of teaching uh, today together by saying just a a few things. Uh, The first is that I, I feel the moment that we are in. Uh, This past year, really, very, very deeply. Uh, I lament every bit of suffering and fear and division and and, and loss of life, loss of innocence and safety, pandemic, racism, politics. It all feels like too much. And before I stand here uh, to speak, to bring any comfort or truth or perspective, I want you to know that. I got a late start preparing for this message this week. And on Thursday morning, I was staring at a largely blank uh, Google doc on my screen. And, and I, I just sat there and wept. And, and honestly, I, I felt like it might be a better use of our time and, and, and this platform, my platform, to just stand here and weep but I want you to know that my eyes are opening, I'm listening, our church's eyes are opening, we're listening, we see you for what it's worth, we're with you, we're together in this moment. The second thing I wanna say is that what we're doing here today, gathering to worship God in in humility and, and weakness is vital. It's necessary for us, it's profoundly beautiful. I want to say thank you for staying committed to it, especially as we do it virtually for love of our neighbors. When I was in middle school, we lived in an apartment and there was a Korean family uh, downstairs and they had a high school age son named uh, Danny. Well, actually his name was Hun, but uh, as he said, he had an American name too, which is ironic in part you'll see in this story. It was a common thing. Danny and I used to play basketball after school. And I remember the first time I knocked on their door downstairs on a Saturday morning. And his mom told me um, that he goes to Korean school on Saturday. Uh, I left confused because I knew he went to the high school uh, just down the street. When I saw him next, I asked him uh, what Korean school was. and, and, And he explained that on Saturday, he went with other Korean kids to learn history, language and culture. That his family didn't want him to lose growing up in America. I remember him saying that he didn't like it. He wanted to play basketball too, but his parents were worried that if he didn't, that he would forget and their Korean identity, his Korean identity would be lost. He seemed a little embarrassed at the time. And I, I so wish I would have realized that what I did, what my family did at church on Sunday, at Sunday school, as we called it growing up, was very similar. And his parents were were wise to send him to help him remember his heritage and, and kids watching today, I know uh, national identity and ethnicity is 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 somewhat different uh, than than religion gathering for church, but your parents are wise uh, too to bring you here to 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 sit you down and and, and hope that we learn together uh, what it is that God has for us and of course, I, I now understand how beautiful this practice was that his family did and how we do a similar thing on Sundays. This time set aside to learn the history and language and culture of God's people, of the kingdom of God is vital for us, lest we forget. The slow drift away from God is real. And so today we pause for a few moments. Uh, Our our news feeds, our, 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 our talking points around the social and political dramas that we're swimming in every day. Yes, we come out of our sods. We come out of our camps. And for some of us, even our echo chambers that we've carefully curated. And we do it to sit at the feet of Jesus, to feel the warmth of his light and the joy of his presence. As we begin today, I'll pray. And I wanna do so using a prayer from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. whose life and work we honor today. And we do so humbly knowing uh, that many in the church viewed him as a heretic and even a terrorist rather than a brother of Christ. So in humility together today, let's pray, join me. Eternal God, out of whose absolute power and infinite intelligence, the whole universe has come into being. We humbly confess that we have not loved you with our hearts, souls, and minds and we have not loved our neighbors as Christ loved us. We have too often lived by our own selfish impulses rather than the life of sacrificial love as revealed by Christ. We often give in order to receive. We, off, we love our friends and, and hate our enemies. We go the first mile, but dare not travel the second. We forgive, but dare not forget. And so as we look within ourselves, confronted with the appalling fact that the history of our lives is the history of an eternal revolt against you. But thou, O God, have mercy on us. Forgive us that what we could have been, but have failed to be. Give us the intelligence to know thy will. Give us the courage to do thy will. Give us the devotion to love thy will. In the name of And spirit of Jesus, we pray, amen. We're continuing our, our series today called Shalom, the expansive nature of the gospel. We have the opportunity together to this year to set our sights higher, to join God's vision of peace and wholeness and flourishing for all creation. It's a big vision. God's intent for all aspects of creation is that they would live in relentlessly good relationships with one another. God's heart is for shalom, but in the here and now, we can each see and feel the brokenness of the world all around us. But the good news of Jesus, the gospel, is that God has made a way for all creation to be made right. And just as there was an order to creation, there's an order to the reconciling of creation. This order begins with peace between humanity and God. And as we heard pastor Richard share last week, the the earth without God was, was dark and wasted and chaotic, but God intervened and through him, we have access to gifts and blessings, not only for us, but to share with the world around us. We're called to be people of love and light and reconciliation in the world. And God's desire is for peace that all things be made right. That history is headed as as the apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians toward the summing up of all things in Christ. And so we say, yes, that's what we want. We are doers after all, and we wanna get to work. But the point of our message today is before any of us go about trying to fix the world or to live into our callings or simply to survive, in the midst of pandemic and social unrest, we must first understand that we are deeply loved by God and have been invited to peace with God. We've been offered shalom within our very spirits. And today we're gonna understand together why we need this shalom of spirit, what it looks like and how we receive it. There's a link to a bulletin in the chat if you wanna follow along uh, for notes. But why shalom of spirit? Why is it that we care? And we must first understand as we begin that we are spirit, that God at creation breathed into us the breath of life. You can see it right in Genesis 2, 7. It animated our souls. The breath of God, an image of God in us is our spirit. And our spirits are God's dwelling place, a place of peace and wholeness and holiness. Shalom of spirit is the necessary starting point because we chose and still often choose to live out from our own minds and wills and emotions, that is our souls, rather than living out from the spirit of God within us. Now that war that we feel uh, inside us, that battle between light and dark, this is the cry of our spirits for shalom, for peace. Our hearts are divided and they weren't meant to be. We weren't made for this. Our, 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 each of our lives and indeed human history are marked by battles in this war at some level. Fights for survival, fights for resources and land and freedom and ideologies and ways of being in the world. And Romans 5, the passage that Jonathan read for us, tells us that the greatest battle, out of the battle for our hearts, our very lives, has been fought and won by Jesus, amen? Look at Romans 5, one and two with me. It says, therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. So it's so important that before any of us lift a finger to do good in the world, we must understand that it's all through Jesus the foundation, the starting point, the beginning of real peace in any sense is peace with God and God has offered it and Jesus has made it possible through his life and death. Each of us are standing in grace, having been reconciled to God by his death and saved by his life. The war is over. Jesus fought it and won it. And as Romans 5, 8 says, he did it while we were still sinners, enemies, enemies. Of God. And the danger in us uh, getting to work, so to speak, without fully understanding that is that we often try and earn something that God has already given. We try to produce it within ourselves. But this passage says that God's love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, and that this love is the source of peace and power that we are to live out from. Major Ian Thomas was the founder of the Torchbearers uh, Ministry that Pastor Richard is is a part of and references often. Uh, He has a wonderful book that we uh, went through as a staff years ago called The Saving Life of Christ. In it, he illustrates uh, this point so well. Listen to this. How stupid it would be to buy a car with a powerful engine under the hood and then to spend the rest of your days pushing it thwarted and exhausted, you would wish to discard it as a useless thing. Yet to some of you who are Christians, this may be God's word to your heart. When God redeemed you through the precious blood of his dear son, he placed in the language of my illustration, a powerful engine under the hood. Nothing less than the resurrection life of God, the son made over to you in the person of God, the Holy Spirit then stop pushing step in and switch on and expose every hill of circumstance of opportunity of temptation of perplexity no matter how threatening to the divine energy that is available with what with magnificent confidence you may step out into the future when once you have consented to die of your own self-effort and to make yourself available as a redeemed sinner to all that god has made available To you in his risen son. One of my favorite authors and musicians is Andrew Peterson. Uh, You may know him from his song we sing Is He Worthy? He is. You know it. I was listening to a commencement address that he gave a few years ago, and and in it, he tells his story of being kind of a, a misfit kid, never quite finding his way in life. Uh, trying and failing to make it in the music industry. His claim to fame at one point was his band had toured Wisconsin. He was just a guy with a guitar and a desire to use his gift of music, but it wasn't working. And then something happened that changed everything, he said. He was sitting at at a grand piano at midnight in an empty church in Jacksonville, Florida, something we've all experienced. (laughs) He was trying to learn a Rich Mullins song. And this is what he said happened. God reached through the song that I was learning, reached into the the deep dark caverns of my aimless empty heart and turned on a light switch. He goes on to say that he, he saw a path sort of stretched out before him that everything in his being wanted to follow. And not long after that, he told God that whatever gifts he'd given him, that he intended to give back to God in service. He went on to say this, you see, all my gifts were dead in the water until the Holy Spirit breathed life into their sails. The whole of my life took on meeting where I could no longer ignore the giver of that life. We're gonna fight battles on all sides until Jesus returns. But shalom of spirit means that we're done fighting God. We're fighting for God, not with God. Shalom of spirit is a gift that God gives to us and we need it to allow his life to flow through our gifting and display Christ to the world. So that's why we need it. But what does shalom of spirit look like in our lives? There's a lot we could focus on here, but I want to zero in on shalom of spirit looking like someone who knows they are loved by God, so much so that they freely give that love to others. The promise found in Romans 5 is not only that we have peace with God, but also that in spite of that peace, Suffering will come. So if you're listening today and you doubt God's love for you because you are experiencing trials, the hard and faithful word of Romans 5 is that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Again, Romans 5 says, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame. So peace with God on display in your life looks like faith that God is not done with you. It looks like confidence that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion as Philippians 1 says. The year 2020 came for our sense of Identity and security, and 17 days in, 2021 is doubling down. It's the same song, second verse. But the good news is that God says, yes, I know, and I will be for you everything that you need. My love had the first word, and it will have the last. We must, as a community uh, and as individuals, see ourselves first and foremost as beloved children of God. Not only does he love you today, but he likes you today. And for some of that us, that makes all the difference. Despite all your quirks, all your struggles, when you're at your best and when you fail. The concept of love has been uh, cheapened and distorted in in many ways. It's often kind of fickle and, and soft and light. I believe that love is actually gritty. It's hard, it's strong. One of the folks that reminds me of this the most is is Brennan Manning. Maybe you know him. He was a Franciscan priest and author. Uh, He struggled with alcoholism his entire life. Uh, Yes, even after many of us read his book, The Ragamuffin Gospel, and put him on a pedestal, he struggled his entire life. And Manning wrote of God's love from a place of someone who had truly experienced it. Listen to two things he said about God's love. May these be True of us. My deepest awareness of myself is that I am deeply loved by Jesus Christ and I have done nothing to earn it or deserve it. The second thing he said, define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is an illusion we have a resource that, that I personally use all the time uh, here at Bethany. It's simply called Identity Truths. And I'd love to, to share it with you today. You can simply uh, text the keyword identity to 64600. It is definitely okay to text in church, especially well, uh, when church is in your house. Uh, Text the keyword identity to 64600. You're gonna receive a a link to a card just full of scripture uh, of who you are in Christ. This has been downloaded in our community about 700 times, which is really great. I'd love for us to just triple that today. Uh, We're consuming so many messages all day, every day. And I think it's really important uh, that at a baseline, we just start out the day understanding that we are beloved. It's amazing what the word of God says about me and you and may we believe it. Of course, all of the things in this identity card are true uh, of your neighbor, your boomer neighbor, your millennial neighbor, your BIPOC neighbor, your white neighbor, your gay neighbor, your neighbor with the mega hat, your liberal neighbor, your neighbor who doesn't wear a mask, your neighbor with that bumper sticker or that yard sign, whatever that is to you. Your neighbor who overfills their garbage can so full that they can't close the lid, and then the birds come and get to it and get trash all over the ground, and then they leave it for several days and cause you to have mean thoughts about them. Sorry, that got real specific. You get it. God loves your neighbor. It's easy for us to love people who are lovely, but the gospel extends to the ugly, to the ugliness in us, to the unlovable in our eyes, even those we see as enemies. Mature followers of Jesus, uh, however, uh, those who know they are loved despite their sinfulness pass on the love. This is what it looks like. I'm so struck by the, the second half of our passage for today. Let's look at it again, starting in verse six. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I came across a story this week that I, I don't remember uh, ever hearing. And I have a feeling it's because I was 13 and I was focused on other things, but it illustrates both God's love for us seen in this passage and how we might respond when we live out of that love. want to read from a BBC story, uh, but this is a, a, a widely uh, circulated story from 1996. Keisha Thomas was 18 when the Ku Klux Klan, the white supremacist organization, held a rally in her hometown in Michigan. Liberal, progressive, multicultural, Ann Arbor was an unusual place for the KKK to choose, and hundreds of people gathered to show them that they were not welcome there. The atmosphere was tense but controlled. Police dressed in riot gear and armed with tear gas protected a small group of Klansmen in white robes and conical hoods. Thomas was with a group of anti-KKK demonstrators on the other side of a specially erected fence. Then a woman with a megaphone shouted, there's a Klansman in the crowd. They turned around to see a white middle-aged man wearing a Confederate flag t-shirt. He tried to walk away from them, but the protesters, including Thomas followed just to chase him out. It was unclear whether the man was a Ku Klux Klan protester But to the anti-KKK protesters, his clothes and tattoos represented exactly what they had come to resist. The Confederate flag he wore for them was a symbol of hatred and racism, while the SS tattoo on his arm pointed to belief in white supremacy or worse. There were shouts of, kill the Nazi, and the man began to run. But he was knocked to the ground, as you can see in these other pictures. A group surrounded him, kicking him and hitting him, with the wooden sticks of their placards. Mob mentality had taken over. It became barbaric, says Thomas. When people are in a crowd, they're more likely to do things they would never do as an individual. Someone had to step up out of the pack and say, this isn't right. So the teenager, then still at high school, threw herself on top of a man she did not know and shielded him from the blows. She said, When they dropped him to the ground, it felt like two angels had lifted my body up and laid me down. I'm struck that this is what God did for me and for you, shielding us with his own body and more so laying down his life. That each of us are the recipients of undeserved grace from God. And in response to that love, literally standing in that grace, we can do likewise. Now I said this story took place in 1996, 25 years ago in Michigan, but it could have been this week in any of our cities across the country. In fact, this week uh, in in Shoreline, just up the road, our friends at Black Coffee Northwest and, and Bethany North were targeted again by racism and intimidation This time someone tagged the building with swastikas, symbols of white supremacy and hatred. The Black Coffee Northwest not only exists to serve great coffee, but also to be a safe place for black teens in the community. Powerful, beautiful, heroic black teens, just like Keisha Thomas. Keisha's story not only reminds me of God's saving work on the cross on our behalf, but also that followers of Jesus who know they are loved by God, take up the call to be peacemakers. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers, not the peacekeepers. Peacekeepers are about protecting the status quo. Do what you want, just don't fight. But peacemakers, they see a new and better reality and they lead there. Peacemakers understand that justice and repentance precede unity. And that is why Jesus, in the quest to reconcile all things, died on the cross and invites us to die with him in order that we would rise with him. Here, Romans 5:10. For if while we were still enemies of God, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, how much more having been reconciled? shall we be saved through his life. This means then that we can change the trajectory of our relationship to suffering based on God's faithfulness. When trouble comes in our lives or in the lives of of those around us, the world around us, we don't have to run from God, we can run to God. Shalom of spirit means like Jesus that we can step in and absorb all the brokenness and send it back out as love. This is the power of God in us. So we've talked about why we need Shalom of spirit, what it looks like. And if you're like me and saying this morning today, give me some of that. Listen for just a few more minutes. Now, the first answer about how we receive this is is all about proximity and, and where we place our trust. Let's look at proximity first. James 4, 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I I love the word access in Romans 5, 2. It, It says we have gained access into the grace in which we now stand. It's a free gift. You're standing at the door. In fact, you're already inside. It says access into the grace in which we now stand. So just acknowledge it, stop denying it. The war is over. You have peace with God, live like you believe it. You've been placed in proximity to the person and life of Jesus, remain there. Do you remember the story where, where Jesus comes to the home of two sisters named Mary and Martha, Mary sat down to listen to Jesus and her sister Martha was upset because there was a lot of work to do presumably because they were hosting Jesus. Now, in my family, it's all hands on deck every few weeks when the professional cleaners are about to arrive. Imagine trying to pick up for Jesus. I joke about cleaning for the cleaner, but this is exactly that. But Martha is upset and she asked Jesus to tell Mary to help her. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha. Now, I I don't know different ways of how he said it. Was it Martha, Martha? I think it was Martha, Martha. Now, if Jesus says your name twice, is it like your mom saying your full name? Like Andrew Joseph Stephen Platter? Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. If you hear nothing else today, hear this. Followers of Jesus, the church, we are to be Mary in a Martha world, positioning ourselves at the feet of Jesus. Amen? Secondly, we receive shalom of spirit by placing our trust, our faith in the proper place. We've been given divine assistance. We can't and didn't earn it. And part of what this means for us is that the object of our faith is more important than the amount of our faith. Now I wonder, do you, do you remember planes? We, we used to fly on them to go to warm places during the winter. Okay, little bag of peanuts. Anyway, most of us don't really know how planes work. Uh, We have a general idea, but we get on the plane and sort of trust that it'll get up and down in part because we know planes do it all the time. There's a history there that we trust. Major Thomas again says it better. Listen to this. I may wish to return to my home in England as I stand in New York currently, but ever since I was born, I have been bound to this earth by a law that I've never been able to break, the law of gravity. I'm told, however, that there is another law, a higher law, the law of aerodynamics. And if only I will be willing to commit myself in total trust to this new law, then this new law will set me free from the old law. By faith, I step into the plane. I sit back in the, rest of fa- in the rest of faith. And as I stand, mighty engines roar into life. I discover that the new law of aerodynamics sets me free from the law of gravity. So long as I remain by faith, that position of total dependence, I do not have to, be try, to try to be free from the law of gravity. I am being set free by the operation of a new and higher law. Of course, if I'm stupid enough, way out across the Atlantic, I may decide that the cabin of the plane is too stuffy and step out through the emergency window. But the moment I discard my position of faith in the new and higher law that is setting me free, I discover that the old drag down is still fully in operation. And I am caught again by the law of gravity and plunged into the water. I must maintain my attitude of dependence if I am to remain airborne. All we need is enough faith to get on the plane. The world needs mature and faithful followers of Jesus now more than ever. Something Andrew Peterson said at the end of of his commencement address, I, I mentioned it resonates with me deeply as I've watched folks get off the plane recently. We'll begin to close here if the band wants to come because he was speaking as he said this to to high school seniors, I especially want to talk to our students. We know that you're hurting right now. He said this, the enemy will try to recruit you and, and he won't do it by trying to get you to join his team. He'll try to get you to quit God's. It amounts to the same thing. He'll woo you away from the kingdom The culture will challenge you, make you feel like a fool, make you feel uncool. You'll be confronted with a million reasons to hang it up. At the end of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, the corrupt minister of magic has been trying to recruit Harry to abandon Dumbledore's army. And Harry tells him at the end in this awesome moment, I'm Dumbledore's man, through and through. As you step out into the world, know that there is an enemy. Know that every day an epic battle is raging between light and darkness, truth and falsehood, your kingdom and the Lord's. Have the courage to look the enemy in the eye and say that you belong to the good King. You're his man, his woman, through and through. His fight is your fight, his victory. Is your victory that is your calling, friends. We have peace with God, Shalom, in our very spirit, because of Jesus. May God give us the grace and humility to live like it let 's pray, God, with uh, hearts open, we stand here uh, for just a, a few moments longer. I pray that we would we would just sit at your feet in this moment that uh, we would just use, use the words of this next song to cry out to you or that you would speak deeply into us. God, even as we are trying to understand how we've been made right with you, would you give us your peace? Scripture says that you yourself are our peace. Speak into us in these moments, Lord. We love you. In your name, amen. Let's worship together.